Washington problems. I don't care. And we're back. Hey, something, something proverbs. 101. Yeah, now that we're resolving our Bible study we were having real quick, uh, let's start Clearly episode that's 101. How this goes. Now we're reading from First Latimus. <laughs> Favorite Two, joke. Uh, thou shalt the not, Bible yesterday. Preacher, preacher from the Swole Bible. Thou shalt not skip leg day. Uh, throwing up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, all right, the, the first one after the big one. 101. Oh, man. What is how do you here's even the, here's how you let test down. your audience retention. Do they yeah. actually show up to 101? Mm, yeah. Talk He's, about letdown. We traded Chris for Caleb. Yeah. What? No, we'd never Psych. do that. <laughs> I don't roast Chris. Chris. Psych. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. So. Well, I was saying I was roasting Caleb by saying it was a letdown because we traded. Yes. Yeah. You follow me now? I follow, we follow you. Don't follow. I yeah. don't either. <laughs> I was saying we step, took a step back by bringing Caleb on. Even though we didn't, I was. Yeah. Just, it was. Yeah, well, we are already off the rails. Well, <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. Where are we going? <laughs> yes. Choo choo. Uh, we're going to Richland and Glugstadt. Yeah. Richland, just Richland and Glugstadt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The expansion. So, what we're going to explain a little bit this episode, manifest destiny. Yes, we're going to explain a little bit this episode. <laughs> everything that's involved in a, a fitness community that was in one location. Becoming in multiple locations. Globo Jam. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, there's just a lot that's involved there, and what what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of work goes into making these um, different locations have the stamp of the community to have the feel, and it's about a lot more than just you know making sure that you've got the equipment there. There's a lot of stuff that goes into opening one of these locations, and Chris just went through a lot of this, so to be able to talk about that and just helps people, I think, understand a lot more like how important it is for for the Coyote um, way of doing things to be represented at each location. Yeah, you know? no, that's very well said. Uh, that and the feel is so so important. You want uh, people to walk in the front door and to feel right at home like like they're at coyote and and that's that's kind of what we're going for and we want want to try to set it up like that from day one and i told chris like right i think it was the week before we open uh opened in richland it's like this is starting to feel like a coyote gym now you can kind of get the feel of it so um yeah and chris is on here and he 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 did the bulk of the work on it so uh i figured we would we would uh we could talk to him about kind of the steps and processes that that went through went went to uh coyote richland yeah, where do you even start? Like, if you walk into a location, you're like, um, these locations, fitness has been going on mm-hmm. here be- prior. You know, what's the first thing? Like, all right, in order to start this transition over to the Coyote location, we need to we need to do this. Uh, I guess it uh, it started just with the the physical uh, the physical changes that needed to uh, to be made uh, be made with the uh, with the gym. It's um. um in order to have uh, to have consistency across our locations, you know, we we try to we try to make all of our facilities, you know, look relatively the same, have the have the same feel, so that if people you know decide to you know switch it up and go from one gym uh, to the other, maybe they're on a different side of town and they want to go to the uh, go to the closest gym, they can they have the ability to go uh, to go there and get the same uh, the same experiences that they would at uh, at any of the others. So that starts off with, you know, right when somebody walks into the gym, they want to still feel like they're at a uh, at a coyote uh, coyote location. So that was the uh, that was the first step is just kind of going in there and Figuring out what all we needed to change, and um, you know, going through uh, going through that process. It's very; they're not small things, but if you take them individually, like even the color scheme, like mm-hmm. okay, the color scheme feels the same. Yeah, the way the weights are stacked over on this side feels the same. You know how we arrange the rig, and I, I know going out to Richland um, for a workout, you were even explaining these things this way. Okay, this is how we collective language there start uh, a workout we're going to do this then we're going to do that you know so you've got these things that are physical cues but also cultural cues and uh, that stuff can be pretty demanding depending on uh, the location that you've purchased to move into sometimes there's a lot of changeover that has to occur right so so first thing we did in Richland was kind of walk around and look and and see what major things we wanted to do and Number one, obviously, was paint, and Caleb did a lot of the painting, so we'll give him a shout-out to that. Uh, but Tyler Tyler and his wife helped, and 
a lot of people really chipped in and helped us paint over there. So that was, you know, all the locations are the same color, have the same black stripe with the off-white accent and um, off-white color. Sorry. So that was that was the big thing. And then the other big thing was the flooring, um, getting in the rubber uh, mats, um, filling in. the. Spe- there was some, like, some, some green turf and um, – uh, homemade rig that we took down and replaced with mats and, and filling in all the, the mats all the way around just so that the whole floor is, is connected and kind of fills one and really open opens up the place. And then one thing we specifically did in Richmond was purchase a, a rig from Rogue to put on the wall because we like for our rigs to be on the wall and have more um, floor space, open up the, the middle of the floor for, for everything. And then after that, a lot of it was – you know, setting up the front desk area, setting up the wood panel behind the front desk, setting up the product station in the area, kind of opening up everything, getting a lot of stuff off the floor and, and moving other stuff around to to make everything kind of flow together really well. And I think the flooring, I mean, I know that took a lot of time and Chris, Chris did a lot of that, you know, that's Ca- going to... Caleb was there for a lot of the pain when it came time to move a lot of heavy stuff. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. <laughs> no, we'll give him a pass. He yeah, did he, get sick. He got he, sick, so he had to miss out on it. But um, that black flooring, man, we put that in the new location, it takes, Madison. It's, it you, takes a long time, and um, the, like the cutting, the cutting the edges takes a lot. And yeah. we kept having to go to Tractor Supply to get more mats and um, just filling in that type of stuff, and you know, moving it around. You know, the middle of the floor is easy. You just move it around and put them all together. But then once you get to the edges, you got to cut. And, and, and so that was a lot of work. Yeah, um, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was rough. There's no easy way to cut those, uh, mm. to cut those mats. My, I've, I've still got some tendonitis in my elbows from holding that, uh, holding the razor blade and yep. just cutting and cutting and cutting. It was, uh, it was quite a process. Yeah. But I, I mean, all this stuff though, people in there, multiple people, uh, that just kind of make a habit of circulating around and this, that makes it so easy. Mm-hmm. You're like, it, but also there's a different dynamic there because all the groundwork has been laid with the location feeling the way that it does. You're able to walk in and still kind of feel at home, but you get energized because you're around a new set of people that mm-hmm. you haven't worked out with before. You know, there's that competition kicks up just a little bit, but all that's possible, I think, because you guys are just so particular about the the cues, the uh, environmental cues that are sent to the athlete. You know, you can be in a new location and still kind of feel like you're you're in a groove. Uh, going up to Oxford, it really felt that same way. Like I, I literally feel like I'm in a Cody location all the way around, but I'm around a fresh new group of people, yeah. and I'm able to get to know them and focus on that. It's a, it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah. So once you get past like the physicalness of the gym, and the one thing we didn't touch on was the bathrooms and putting new flooring on the bathrooms and and getting those uh, showers and everything, all that type of stuff. But, um, once you get the physicalness down and we still have a lot of work we want to do in Richland, we still want to demo some stuff and open some more stuff up and do some stuff to exterior and that'll be a continual work in progress. But, um, then, you know, one of the main things we focused on, um, a few, uh, last year, I think was really trying to make sure all of our classes across all locations, no matter who was coaching, were run the same and had the same feel. So, really giving a lot of structure to this is the way class flows like we start with the mobility and then we bring everybody up to the board and then we do the warm-up and then all that type of stuff kind of making sure everybody everybody's doing you know coaching it the same way coaching movements the same you know uh coaching the class the same structure you know breaking down at the end of class all that type of stuff that way no matter what location you're at no matter which class you're taking you still feel like you're part of uh cody it still feels like your home, even if it's your first time, like to go to Oxford and work out or go to Richland and work out, you still feel like you're doing the same thing. Um, and so that's that's been really one of our biggest things that we've worked for. And we, you know, as far as the coaches go, you know, we have our coaches manual that we always go through and we do a lot of training with our coaches before they ever start class. We let them shadow coaches and then we also will shadow them while they coach and then we also shadow them once they're already coaches and constantly see you know what we can improve on as as coaches for everybody uh so that's the uniformity and feeling like no matter where you go no matter what class you go to you're going to get the same experience um is in, is imperative for what we do so this brings up a little behind the scenes question i'd like to ask because i've um and i'll <laughs> A lot of people are this way. The gym is kind of their second office. Like the, the Wi-Fi is a perk of the being a member. Uh, but I've actually been there for a couple of classes in a day, 
and seeing the coaches change over, but the cues before the workouts are exactly – how are you guys pulling that off, that level of coordination? It, it can't be coincidence that, you know, hey, in this movement, pay attention for these things leading into the class, the way that it's coached. It almost feels like it's the same verbatim. Is there information that you guys pass around to coaches on a weekly basis? or? Yeah, um, on um – uh, on the weekends, uh, a hunter, hunter will send us the uh, send us the programming for the week uh, for the week coming up. And um, if you want to just kind of get down to like details uh, for you know from workout to workout, what I will do is I will record a record a video, do a little screencast on a, on my computer where I've got the I've got the programming for the week pulled up, and um, and I'll talk about each workout each day individually and go over these are some things these are some things you want to make sure you cover with your people. Uh, these are some things, some issues you could run into, like logistically. If you have a big group, you may need to uh, you may need to do this, this, or this, and um, uh, and also you know make sure that we're really going over this is you know the stimulus that we want for the workout. So if you have somebody who has you know maybe this limitation or that limitation, these are some options that you could use to um, to make sure that uh, to make sure that they are getting the same uh, the same experience as everybody else. Yeah, because the challenge in uniformity is yeah. there's just there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. With the the number of people walk in, they represent that many variables at least. And uh, you know, so making those decisions as a coach, all right, we're going to two heats. Yeah, we're going to do this, and the, you know, this workout's going to take a little bit longer, so two heats would be yeah. more difficult. So we got to, I mean, all that stuff. It feels like the coaches are very prepared for. Right. So, uh, I guess it's just a long way to say that you know, communication is extremely important. That's why, you know, we don't just send somebody to go get their level one and just throw them into a class that's why we have them shadow as we have them coach and then we shadow them and we're constantly uh constantly trying to find ways to make sure that they're improving that our coaches are sticking to script basically and then um and then once you uh once you get a coach past that point once they kind of find their uh find their own rhythm uh and their own uh, and their own style then you can finally start paying attention to like okay uh um, you can get into the weeds of like movement correction and things uh, and things like that. Yeah, for people who listen to movement correction, of which yeah, I'm right, not yeah. one, uh, but I appreciate movement, it's part of the system. Movement correction, you will get a lot of advice. Not very many people will take that advice. <laughs> That's perfect. I think something we have, I don't recall talking about this ever on this podcast, but another layer that's, uh, that seems to be across the board that I appreciate very much is by the time I get to the classes uh, deeper into the afternoon, the coaches are giving cues based on their experience with the workout. Mm-hmm. Is that something you guys want the coaches to do to experience the workout as often as possible? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you don't like it. I'm very strong believer in, you know, doing what you put out there and uh, not writing workouts that I, I mean, like, yeah, this is for you guys, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. Like there's, <laughs> to me, it's extremely important that I do the program that I write for everybody and that the coaches do it as well. And, um, because you know it's it's important that everybody's kind of doing the same thing and having the same experience and you know each each workout has a you know there's different tracks so people with different goals can all do the different different track but also work out together and so it gives you you know kind of everybody's in this together but also we can share our experience and and help them understand how it's going to go and then also a lot of it too is just experience of you know done thousands and thousands of workouts you kind of get a feel for how certain workouts are gonna are gonna go I mean obviously everyone's a little bit different but you can kind of think about okay well it's probably gonna be this way or that way or whatever yeah when a coach reaches out before class and says hey this got for me this got really spicy at the end of round two Mm -hmm. or something like that it's just it does a lot to settle that athlete down I think going into a workout and also encourages uh, pace which is a difficult thing for a lot of people to learn uh, but I, I just think it's really, really critical for us to understand, those of us that walk into one of the locations, that the things are the way they are because there's a lot of intentionality behind them. And part of that is because it takes you out of the guessing game, uh, which I know is a really big goal for you guys. Like, we don't want the athletes having to guess um, why we're doing the things that we're doing. There's a lot of thought going into this stuff, which helps you settle down and, and trust the process. Right? Yeah, if you just show up consistently four days a week over a long period of time, you'll make tremendous progress as long as you're, you know, doing the workouts with intention and, and in, in the track that you want to do and got your diet, you know, somewhat in check. Like, you will make a lot of progress. But for the people that 
do want to have a little bit more information. You know, all our coaches can answer questions on why we're doing certain things, and that's something that we try to, you know, like Chris said, communicate uh, with our coaches. Like we have a weekly staff meeting with the head coach at each location, and we kind of talk about, you know, whatever issues and whatever's coming up and all that type of stuff. And each coach has a uh, meeting. You know, some of them just talk with the other coaches every single day. Just how are things going? This is what I see. You know, this is what to expect with the workout or whatever. Um, and just kind of, we just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And so, um, as we grow and add more locations and we'll have five now, um, it's, it's becomes more and more important to over communicate everything and make sure everybody's on the same page and doing the same thing. And, and that comes from, from the planning of the workouts to planning of how you coach classes to training the coaches, all that type of stuff. It, it all lines up to where if a, a member comes to a class, um, at one location one day and then goes to a completely different class at another location and then goes to a completely different class at another location, they're going to have the same experience every single day, day to day, and that's something that we're always striving for. It especially helps, too, when um, let's, say, let's say you have somebody come in and they go through, uh, they go through on it. Let's say I put, uh, I put a new member through, uh, through the on-ramp and uh, they're, not going to go, they're not going to be able to come into one of the classes that I coach or – or vice versa, whatever the case uh, case may be, we we try to make sure that we communicate to whoever's going to be coaching that class. Like, hey, you've got this. You got this person come in. They're going to be starting on Tuesday. They do uh, they do this, this, and this really well. These are some limitations that they have, though. So whenever they come in, be prepared for to change this up. You may want to recommend this for this particular workout, and um, that way, you know, we we sell personal training in a in a group setting. So. If um if I've done if if I've got someone coming into coming into the class that I didn't do that I didn't do their on ramp I don't know anything about them that communication becomes extremely important so that I so that I'm able to deliver uh, deliver a product and deliver a great experience for them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, you guys can agree or disagree here, but it feels like the way that you treat the culture that you've created is that intentionality and discipline are, are atmospheric. And they're also contagious. Like if, mm-hmm. if you can put oh, people absolutely. in that environment, they'll eventually become that environment. Yeah, right. They will, or they'll they'll it'll stir something in them, and they'll and they'll leave. And we've mm-hmm. seen that too. Like there's some people that have become, and they're not really whether that's consciously or subconsciously interested in like being super consistent and giving their best effort and being positive, all that type of stuff. And they either change or you you leave. And I mean, but all of our members over the years we have we've attracted a tremendous, tremendous group of people who are very intentional about being consistent and wanting to get better and, and giving their best effort day in and day out and having a positive attitude while they do that. And it's contagious. Like people want to be around that positivity. Like you get so much, we say this all the time, but you get so much negativity everywhere else outside of the, of the gym. Like we want the gym to be a positive place where people enjoy coming to and look forward coming to, and they have a good experience every single time they walk in and they want to leave that all that baggage from everything, every other area of their life outside when they come in. Yeah, I mean, re- a lot of it comes down to uh, what we say that you, the, obviously, the goal would be to be in the shape of your life, and um, the way that that we're expanding the things that we're talking about in this episode, the other two parts of that become very important. It is at your own pace, and the way that you guys coordinate things behind the scenes make sure that that can actually happen, that there's a level of knowledge at, uh, by the coach that can actually dial that in, what, what people's pace, um, the perceived pace they should have, but also the one that, uh, that you guys want for them. And then the supportive community part, I can't think of a better way that, that our mission works itself out than to make sure that all across all locations that that supportive community exists by having a similar feel. And uh, I think what's happened over the past couple of years where someone moves from one town to the next inside of Mississippi and they're within arm's reach of a Coyote Fitness, like, wow, I don't, they don't miss a beat. So much is changing in my yeah. life, but my fitness does not have to change. Yeah, I miss a beat. Just join another gym and you, you've already you know, been keeping touch with people through Sugar Water or whatever and recognize some names and you get to meet a whole another group of people and you know that it's going to be similar like-minded people and they'll be, you'll be friends with them. And it's, a, it's a great way. But the supportive community thing is, is very intentional. It's something that we work very, very hard to do to, to uh, create the parameters where that community will grow and form. And um, it doesn't just happen. Like you can't. You're, you can't just open the doors and expect, uh, you know, a bunch of people to come in and form this awesome community 
Um, it's something that you have to be very intentional about, you know, setting, um, setting ground groundwork for, uh, core values and what you want to exemplify and what your coach, what kind of coaches you want, uh, to have and what they exemplify and, and preaching that day in and day out and living it by, by example. And, you know, no matter what's going on, like if I'm coaching or if Chris is coaching or Caleb's coaching or Lydia or Sydney or any other, other coaches, no matter what's going on in their life outside of the gym, when, when they walk through that gym door, they're going to be a professional coach and they're going to leave that behind them. And they're going to be, you know, give their best effort every single day. And that's, that's what we, we promise our members is that they're going to get, um, you know, the coach's best effort day in and day out. And that, that's just so contagious because it makes other people want to give their best effort day in and day out. Yeah. What a great point. It's, it actually works both ways too. Um, you know, we had Flowood and then Oxford jump in. They're kind of the first on this thing. Like, yeah, all right, let's do this. Then you get Richland coming in. They're bringing some excitement to the community. Now you got Glugstat joining us. Like, man, the family is just getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And there are even more athletes now that are a part of this. And they're bringing themselves into, into the gym. And, man, it just makes the community so much more diverse, so much more rich. It's, it's really an exciting time to be a part of what's going on with Coyote because you have so many different types of people walking through the door and we're all kind of cross-pollinating and getting to know each other because these locations are so accessible uh, for a lot of us. So, um, yeah, just kudos to you guys for being able to replicate this the way that you have and uh, allowing people to experience exactly what Coyote is no matter what building they walk into and what town that we're in. They know exactly what they're going to get. Uh, what a huge privilege for us as members to be able to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people that move away, I always joke with them when they leave. And I said, well, give us a little bit of time and we'll put a coyote next to you. Well, we're going to, we'll find you and track yeah. you down. You're not we're getting away from us. Put that on the list. We're coming for you. Give me a couple of years, but we'll be there. Is it time? <laughs> oh, oh! Here, Chase is back. The only way we're going to get Chase in the gym is if we can put one in his living room. <laughs> no, probably that's <laughs> probably still wouldn't no, work. No, the only way work. is if you just put this podcast on repeat instead of the music, <laughs> so I can hear myself. Yeah, you can do giving such great advice you at can all do times. This. Yeah. All right, uh, I've had to do a lot of research for this list, but we are bringing the age-old classic back. Questions. Would you rather's situational oh, stuff? Oh boy! Yeah. I, I, I was prepared the to bread talk and about butter. cheese. I was prepared to talk about cheese. <laughs> well, too. y'all didn't seem excited <laughs> at all. So and I, I felt I like, like I was the only one. I like, oh, I like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> equal opportunity with cheeses, actually. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity cheesy. Yeah, except for blue cheese. I'm yeah, I don't like blue cheese. Not a fan of blue cheese. You love blue cheese on a burger? Yeah, I just can't. I can't get into it. Yeah, you love it or you hate it. Sorry, not elect. All right, number one. Are y'all ready? Yes. Uh, you, can, you can take as long or as short amount of time to answer as you want to. There's no stipulations here. Some of them will definitely be quicker than others. Capiche? Capiche. Somebody said that since the 90s? <laughs> All right, number one. Capiche. Assuming, oh, we didn't say the thing. Oh, yeah, somebody should do that. Outside the box. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cheese edition. Cheese edition. <laughs> All right, number one. Assuming, <laughs> we're coming out hot here. Assuming you had full knowledge of both, would you feel worse if no one came to your wedding or your funeral? Mm. One more time. Assuming you had full knowledge of both events, yes. so you're, you you're know what both things funeral. happening yep, happen. Yep, yep. Uh, would you feel worse if no one came to your wedding or your funeral? I'd say funeral, just because I know yeah. my wife didn't want. A whole lot of people to come to our wedding, anyways, and yeah. no, you know, those weddings are just kind of like they're one in a million. But funeral is kind of like a way to, you know, honor somebody's life that they lived. And if nobody came to your funeral, it'd be like I didn't have an impact on anybody. So, right, yeah. it's like a full reflection of yeah. your entire a wedding. Existence. A wedding's such a whirlwind. Anyway, I barely yeah. remember. Like, if I didn't have the wedding video, I'd hardly remember who was at my wedding. Anyway, yeah, so. it's not really about the guests. Anyway, seriously, the wedding. So yeah, but the the funeral is like. Um, this is your legacy, and if yeah. no one shows up, it's like, pfft. right? That's your yeah. legacy. Yeah. What was the yeah. point of this whole thing? Yeah. How, I will give a small caveat though. If you live to be like ninety something, 
then yeah. they, then, maybe then the no people that you made an impact on have probably already died. But so. it also means like you haven't been influencing like the next generation. Yeah, it like, means you haven't been impacting in a while. It means oh, you just retired. Challenge and took accepted. Like a break from Which it. I mean, that's kind of yeah. my intent anyway. Like I'm really gonna check out at 65. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make these first few years count. Hey, full disclosure: the people that know me the best have told me that I'm already on the scale of curmudgeon. I'm way ahead of pace. So at about You're really f- scrooging it up. Yeah. So late. I've been given the advice that at about 55, I should remove myself from society <laughs> so as to limit the damage that I create on the world. Just this go be the, a hermit. Yeah. This is advice you've been given? Yes. Like, right. uh, like uh, Robert Duvall and Get Low, I should probably adopt that life at about 55. <laughs> Ben's so. going to move to Montana and just put a podcast out every week but not right. read the comments or That's anything right. Here's what I'm listen it's one way you want. i don't give a care what you think my communication with this world is one way for the rest of my life <laughs> no, all out no reception no input <laughs> all right uh number i feel like we're all we all agreed on that yeah. yeah number two would you rather be stuck on a ski lift or in an elevator for six hours ski lift absolutely oh, ski lift. Oh, elevator 100%. would be awful yeah I'm I'm super claustrophobic too. I have nightmares that about was, like being buried alive and stuff yeah, like that. Is anybody with you on these, or it's just you? I don't I'd, care. Yeah, <laughs> ski lift by you myself. Can see, or you can somebody else. You probably have a good view on the ski yeah, lift. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't the, think my answer changes if someone's there. Actually, the location would be better. Elevator you, gets even worse. And if you got to pee. Involved you just in pee it. Off yeah, the ski you have lift. to pee. Yeah, there's there's definitely some convenience there and being outdoors and the view. Uh, there's a little bit more anxiety though about what you're in holding up for the long haul. Like, why am I still this long on this thing? Is something wrong? This cable's about to snap. Well, maybe that's in the elevator. The yeah, yeah about I, exactly. But you could convince yourself, oh, well, this is one of those like post elevator things. I'm but if you're safe. on the ski lift, you could at least see people coming trying to rescue yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and you can see the ground right before you hit it. I'd rather see it. Would you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Enjoy the fall. You can't like jump right before the ski lift hits the ground and save yourself. You could do that in an elevator, right? Yeah. I don't think that's. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think physics works like that. I don't know if you're physically capable check, of uh, jumping and falling like that. Oh, yeah. Let's go Mythbusters. Uh, yeah, probably because of the view and yeah, the elevator would get just a little. The only thing I could that would like that made me a little hesitant is if it's like you know. 15 degrees outside at, while I've been snowing and stuff. If, yeah, yeah. If it's just miserable. I would assume still, that if you're on the ski lift, you're appropriately nice dressed. Day. Yeah, you're. I mean, even if it's very cold. Well, plus, like in Colorado, humidity is a non-factor. So, like, mm-hmm. being outside in freezing temperatures is not the same as being it's not freezing the heat. temperatures here. This the brings humidity. on a whole, <laughs> this, a whole other thing. If you're on a ski lift, you're probably prepared to be the, at that place for a long time. So, if you have some snacks or something in your ski jacket, you definitely have some chapstick. You know Why I mean? would you have snacks on the ski lift if you're skiing down a mountain? Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> stash of beef jerky? Everybody yeah. doesn't do that? It's like, I don't know. A beer and a burger at the top of this mountain will be $87. I'll just take a protein bar and, you know. Anyway. Can you buy snacks at the top of the mountain? Oh, I've never yeah. been skiing before. Oh, I haven't yeah. either. There are restaurants at the top, for sure. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sorry, I'm not well, There you go. Jeez, come on. All right, number three. It's part of my Jackson Academy education, actually. I guess so. How to handle yourself at Aspen. is this your fourth trip or your seventh trip (laughs) number three would you rather always say everything that's on your mind so your filter's gone or never speak again oh say everything on your mind you have to say everything on your mind it's impulsive oh i think so many things that shouldn't be said yeah Uh, yeah but not being able to speak at all would be terrible like your mouth is not. But we're going back to that funeral question. Who's going to be at your funeral after? <laughs> if you say everything on your mind, no yeah. one's at your funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that is that's a hard one. Can you sign language? You can learn sign language. I'm certain. You can write. Uh, yes, you can write. Yeah, I'm definitely. I think I'd go speechless. Yeah, the level of filter that I have to apply would. It would. This decision has been made for me. Well, there's there's so many tools nowadays to overcome. Like it still sucks, uh, being mute, mute. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. but like the the ability to communicate through different technologies nowadays is just so there that it's just I don't think it compares. Yeah, the amount of emotional and like life damage you you would do by You're saying guaranteed everything. to offend everyone you know ever. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like, are you even still married after this point? Can't like, who be. knows? No, you can't be. 
your kids hate you. You have no friends. <laughs> your kids hate you. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is what you're destined for. I don't know. I don't feel like I filter myself that much. Really? Yeah. Oh man, like, I do. I mean, even I just, those maybe, snap like dark thoughts you have that are like maybe not I just you, don't have but a whole lot there. of them. I don't know. Like <laughs> I think, but those thoughts happen so fast that it's like a, they were almost non-existent. Maybe, but if you have know. that thought coming out. Look, I'm just going to say I could punch this baby for the right world now to and hear. get away with it. <laughs> the, some of the thoughts that I wow. have that I don't say, they shock me. I'm like, where did that come from? And if that oh, was yeah. out there in the space. Also, imagine how much you'd be talking. I already talk too much. Yeah. All right. So are we agreeing on not speaking? Yeah. I th- well, we have. I think we're split. Like Chris and I, I think Hunter was. Like, yeah, oh, I would say yeah. no filter. No filter. Oh, jeez. Your mouth would be so dry. <laughs> All right. Number four. Yeah. Would you rather be stuck on an island alone or with someone who talks incessantly? Mm, alone. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, no I contest. Mind, I don't mind being alone. You don't mind alone time? No. Mm. The only thing I was thinking is like practical help, like yeah. teamwork to do things. Uh, if you're, if th- you're trying I, to get I off think or I something. Could, I think I could get used to the talking. Yeah. If I had, yeah, if I had somebody to if I had somebody to help cuz like at, at the end of the day we're going to try to get off this island one way or the other and the more help the more help I can I get. May, I if may they're talking more, you're not going to be able to think about how to get off the island cuz they're more talking inclined about, to get off this dude, island. Dude, that would, that would drive me absolutely insane. I think you, yeah. You know what's like uh interesting is some people can eat by a restaurant by themselves and some people can't. I think that's a good yeah, and it bothers people. It bothers some people when they see someone eating alone. Yeah, when I see that, I'm like, "Good for you, man." Yeah, good yeah. for you. I used to do it all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still I, do it every now and then. I think I'd have to depend on my ability to be able to say, "I'm going to need you to shut up," <laughs> you know. And if I can't convince them, depending on the length of time we're on this island, even you're going to kill them. You're going to kill them. <laughs> even a talker gets tired of talking eventually, right? But I but that's not part of the some rule. Magical powers. They don't ever stop talking. Power. They're yeah. like, and another thing, and yeah, one of those people. Yeah. Oh, but like incessant. That's, that's a loose word. Like even at like think of a talkative person, and you may just be like multiplying that by like fifty percent. Yeah. So I I don't think I don't feel like it'd be physically impossible for them to talk all day. And you could be like, hey, I'm going to go get some coconuts. Yeah, just go to the Disappear for three that. hours. Yeah. yeah. Me and yeah. Wilson are going to go over here. <laughs> Me and Wilson. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I think I would appreciate alone time, but eventually I think that would just. I think the repercussions of not having somebody. Yeah, the, it would I get would, in my mind so heavy. I would take the risk of maybe seeing that they could be some sort of, uh, some sort of use. And, um, and then if, uh, if need be, you can just do, do away with them. <laughs> I think no it, rules on this island. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if you'd only gotten here earlier, you could have saved Bob. As much as you talk, nobody's going to miss you. Yeah, <laughs> the worst question would be, would you want to be stuck on an island with someone you didn't like? No matter how much they talked, you just didn't like them, and you're stuck with them. That would be a little bit harder to, to cope with. Even if I don't like them, I could probably make use out of them. <laughs> yeah. Here, go do that. No. Yeah, right. And eventually you're going to have some solidarity about... We're going to die together. Island, yeah. yeah. I don't like you. You don't like me, but we need to get off this island. Yeah. <laughs> so, great. All right. Number five. This is my. This may be my favorite one. If you had to pick one movie character to survive the zombie apocalypse with, who would it be? Mm. Oh, I think I'm going to be able to make something right here with uh, Doc John and his critique. <laughs> this is a great. Any movie character, like any movie like, ever it could made, be Batman or Superman or. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think I go with Superman. Can we do like uh, a, Literally a, a superhero anybody. and then like just a regular? Sure, regular if you want person? to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think if you're going to go, if you're going to go superhero, it's got to be yeah, Superman. I Superman, guess. I would say. But uh, if it's just like you know, just somebody, somebody in a uh, in a movie, um, was it oh, uh, Woody Harrelson and um, oh, Zombieland? Yeah, in Zombieland. Yeah. Is it Tallahassee? When that is? Yeah. Name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good wow, pick. It's very, very on the nose there. Yeah. Well, the research has already been done. He's yeah. clearly <laughs> he's, doing it. He, yeah. I don't. I don't have to guess. He's very effective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the superheroes. It's kind of like, well, they're superheroes, so it's good to have any of them. You know, um, this is a conversation that I had actually with Doc John. So I'm going to go with Bourne. Yeah. Why? Like I mean, we didn't mention him in one of these kind of segments before, and it it makes a lot of sense. The guy's like action. He's brilliant. It, it it's a good point. I think I'd like to have him. You know, it's pretty much guaranteed that he would outlive me. Uh, but still, it would be an exciting journey. 
And uh, so Superman, yeah, I think I would have to go Superman too because just the distance he can get from the world. And if he gets really crazy, we can just fly off for a second and that would be helpful. Hmm. Well, he yeah. he could fly off for a second. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, I would assume that he would embrace he could, me. Yeah, so. Maybe I'm bait. It. I don't know. <laughs> My pick, you guys ever seen Watchmen? Mm-hmm. The movie Watchmen? Dr. Manhattan, the blue guy? Do you remember what he's capable of doing? No. So in, they used him in the Vietnam War, and he can literally just make people explode with his mind. Whoa. Like they just disappear like this. Never to come back together. They're gone. Just the yeah. pink mist. Yeah. Wow. I think that would be super handy. All right, next <laughs> question. Would you rather have to grow your own food or sew your own clothes? Hmm. I don't know if this is like a pocket huh. situation. Huh. Or- <laughs> the first thing I think is I, I would be terrible at sewing my own clothes. I don't even know if I could ever over the course of 20 years get better at that. See, I think I would be terrible at growing my own food. Really? Yeah. I think I could every bit of food. I think out. I could figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to grow my own food. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's a. Can you kill your food too? I don't know. I mean, I guess if you, I guess you have to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not growing meat. <laughs> yeah, I think the food thing is a little. It just feels a little bit more approachable. You know, I mean, and I understand like a garden is a lot of work and it's weather dependent and all of those things. I feel like if you had to. Mm, you had to do one or the other. The resources to be able to grow your own food would be more readily available than the resources of having to make your own clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll I didn't say what. you couldn't get supplies. You just got to... Yeah. If I had to make my own clothes, I'd be walking around naked probably. <laughs> it's not worth it. I, I love my and buddy. And if it were an apocalyptic situation, hey, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think grow your own food. I'm going to vote grow your own food. I think, I, I think I'm going with sell your own clothes. Okay, well, I'll live next door to you. I'll grow your food. You sell my clothes. Great. Hey, look at that, society. Wow. (laughs) Starting over. (laughs) Uh, All right, number seven. Would you rather be an unknown MLB player, right, just far down? You're in the MLB, but you're far down that list. You're not really getting playing time. Or an incredibly famous cricket player, meaning you're famous in India. (laughs) <laughs> in Pakistan uh, I'm, going, I'm going MLB Are you? Rather just, yeah, just rather be on an MLB team Yeah, me too um, I'd rather live here I, have I don't know a, enough about the money to make this I decision. have to imagine that you probably make bottom line money, money on MLB is better than You think? I think cricket, cricket players make a lot of money yeah. Really? Yeah. Let's go have see you, Have you seen a cricket match? Those guys are impressive Yeah, they days, last for days Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm shallow enough to choose the fame. <laughs> I mean, it could get you a lot. Yeah, of course. You know, in, and in the, India. the other side of it is, now I know we could argue about this for a moment because you make it to the major leagues in baseball, you're good. Okay, let's just put that out there. But I'm assuming you're a famous cricket player because you are really, really good at cricket. So that's attractive to me, to be that good at a sport. Uh, I'm assuming you're not just... Famous because you're good looks. So the the highest play, uh, paid cricket player in the world, uh, Virat Kohli, I don't know, uh, his base salary is $4 million. So you're already probably looking better than MLB. Uh, and his endorsement earnings, uh, which come with fame, is $24 million Whoa. over the course of a year. Whoa. Those endorsements could have some staying power as well, like after his body's not – performing at peak level well, i mean it, it clearly matters because his his at top his top four uh sponsors are audi puma uh Flipkart, which i don't know what that is and google google yeah wow. holy moly cricket what do you mean, if you think about it there, there's <laughs> over a billion people in india yeah, alone so i mean there's notoriety i retract my previous statement yeah. bangladesh has cricket cricket million yeah. we're all on a cricket team baby yeah. mm. and Fantastic. i'm the most successful yeah all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, number eight. This is a fun one. What sport would have the most success with having all the players be drunk? What NASCAR. No oh, kidding. My gosh. I'm kidding. <laughs> it would not last long. <laughs> Wrong when, way. Wasn't there like a curling a, a YouTube series about people playing? Was it basketball or football? Uh, flag football, drunk or something like that. Maybe. I remember that. I don't remember. Uh, Soccer, the beer mile. Uh, I, yeah. I think my pick is some kind of fighting-oriented one. 
you whether know, it's UFC or boxing, yeah. it helps. Well, okay, I guess I misunderstand. Like, you mean successful by like it, its ratings would either hold okay. or go up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, US, the slurs USC and stuff, sure. like yeah. the, the smack talk that would come from mm. being hammered, lower drunk. inhibitions, higher pain tolerance. Yeah, all that stuff. They'd be go knocked f- out pretty quick, though. Drunk it's, it's wiffle ball. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk putt putt. <laughs> Not hard to keep the ratings there. <laughs> I'm gonna say basketball or soccer, one of those. Soccer would hockey be definitely would be fun. funny to watch. Yeah, I think hockey would be fun. Yeah, because you get the fighting element already. Either the fighting sport or the sport where the athlete has to travel a lengthy distance with you know with some intentionality. That would make soccer pretty funny. So then you're just watching people throw up and stuff like. That's yeah. true. That's I could true. say there'd be a lot of throw. Like, up with, I, I, uh, I'm soccer. thinking, I'm thinking like you got to have something where all the players are close range. So I mean, like something like basketball would probably work, where you can like just see everybody stumbling all over each other. <laughs> the <laughs> shots that would come. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Babe Ruth drunk all the time? So probably. maybe maybe baseball. I don't think he was drunk during games. Really? Just after? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very chubby. It came from somewhere. <laughs> he, he I know a, he would crush steak. He ate a lot of hot drink dogs. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be baseball would be intriguing if you just think about the sport because you know in these skill positions you're standing there for a lengthy period of time so you can hold yourself together but then there's a moment where you have to rise to the occasion so the first thing that's missed you'd be like that was strange you know but uh, yeah oh you don't know that they're drunk you, you don't just know have to slowly drunk, yeah. figure it out. <laughs> and then you have other guys who like they just have a higher tolerance like if you forced every athlete to drink the same amount like that's everyone, what the, you're getting i think you have to get like to a certain level alcohol content oh okay to if keep, it takes to you keep six it legal. or two yeah. okay yeah, yeah. yeah you have to have to the breathalyzer has to be the same number that's what i would imagine this is yeah. the most scientific way to do it it feels like this is something that we're gonna have to try great <laughs> Was it an Damn. AMRAP or a <laughs> oh, man. Everybody being at the same alcohol level in a Metcon, whoa. Uh, no, that, that no. wouldn't go over very well. That would be an outdoor workout for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight. Sorry, number nine. Last one. This could be spicy. Mm. Are we Who doing is- the cheese thing? <laughs> no, okay. that, was not, that would be uh, savory. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. I don't know. Uh, who... Is the most overrated band or artist of all time? The most overrated, overrated, wow. band overrated of all time. I was inspired by our Bon Jovi roasting. From got it. Okay, so on a scale of Michael Bolton to, gosh, that's a difficult question. You kind of just answered your question right there. Well, I'm just. I saying. don't think so. <laughs> I've got I've got mine already. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay, start us off. It's Nirvana. Oh. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow! Oh my God! Dagger teens. to Ben's heart. I mean, I don't, I don't listen they to a get, lot of Nirvana, but they, I'm like, they whoa! Get, they get way too much credit for something that uh, that bands like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam perfected. Ah, okay. If Kurt Cobain hadn't committed suicide, they wouldn't be as highly regarded. I don't feel like I could see that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say the Beatles. I just don't think anybody can live up to the hype that is around the Beatles. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, if you're going like true definition overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you listen to their music yeah. now outside of when it was all happening, you're mm-hmm. kind of like, ah, it's okay. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so different. Yeah, it answered the time so perfectly. But um, man, but uh, like yeah, like you can go back now and listen to other groups that are around when they were around, and I you, know, you can objectively say these these guys are much better than the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, single artist. I feel like Garth Brooks was really overrated. Really? Ooh. Yeah, I really mm. do. I mean, it's. I'm not saying that it's not listenable. I'm like, I don't know, I, man. I mean, I'll just. I, I I will disagree. I can, I see a lot of people just say like he's more of a performer than anything. Yeah, and maybe. See, but a lot of his music, you know, stands on its own. Yeah, I mean, lyrically things hold up. I mean, I I will give him definitely give him respect as an entertainer. And I think he would he would say yes, that's what I want to be. You know, judge my music if you will. But I was an entertainer, so yeah. I don't know. Going after those top dogs like the Beatles, though, I I get nervous about that. I understand what you're saying about Nirvana, though. It's yeah, like if you if you really listen to Nirvana's like best songs, like if you listen to a greatest hits album and then you listen to an Alice in Chains greatest hits album, there's no comparison. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Maybe the Spice Girls. I don't know. It's a difficult question. <laughs> but people don't talk about the Spice Girls yeah, anymore. That's true. That's true. I, I have a spicy one. 
I think maybe ACDC. No. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I guess I've just never – I don't get it. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not good. Yeah, I just don't like, – People I, still listen to ACDC all the time. Uh, people still listen to Bon Jovi, but they're not good. Mm, not bon, bon Jovi would be on my list. Not it, would it? People. Bon Jovi would be on your list? I, and, I, I'm and not, this Urban. is not me saying ACDC is bad. It's kind of like what we were just saying with <laughs> the you say and Keith Urban? <laughs> I cannot stand <laughs> Keith Urban. Your long hair and They're like crap. the same band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like uh, – um, Oh my gosh, Nirvana's lead Kurt Cobain is just like the Seattle version of Keith Urban. Did you see Not that? Not as happy a, Keith Urban. There, there, <laughs> there was a picture going around like someone did a, did a mural. It was like, rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. It's very clearly Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I will also say, uh, having listened to a great deal of his music, uh, Willie Nelson's music for me, is mm. a little bit okay. weak compared to the mystique around him. Yeah. You know? I can like, go with you there. Uh, when I you listen, can say that about Grateful Dead, too, in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know there's a lot going on in that music that a lot of people don't understand, I guess, but... Including him. Not <laughs> <laughs> <That> Willie. <laughs> oh, man. Man, I played that? <laughs> yeah, I played that. <laughs> How this much is money? a great. This is a great album. Who How is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Willie. <laughs> Does Toby Keith belong on that? Oh man, oh. that was like an. Un- That's the understood you of overrated. Yes. I mean, I think the patriotism really is just what got him through. Probably. You're, I don't know, man. The to- Toby back in the back in the early nineties, he had some good stuff. His stuff lately hadn't been great. Yeah, but it's hard to like. When you look back, you're like, who's that? Sawyer Brown, Toby Keith. There was yeah. a lot of those guys who are like, they're all kind of the same. They're no yeah. Waylon. I think, I think Toby's properly rated. Properly rated, yeah. yeah. All right, so in summary, we have the Beatles number one, right? If you're going strictly, by yeah. definition, overrated. I think probably. so. The Beatles, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was question nine. I, you're killing me not having a tenth question. Uh, sorry. He just like, likes to keep you one more. Really, seriously. All right, so we get to recommends, right? I got a, I got one real quick. Um, so I have really bad feet. I have really high arches, and my feet are just really weak, and it gives me a lot of issues. I used to always have shin splints and um, turf toe and all kinds of stuff back when I played sports. And um, so I've been wearing these things called toe spacers. Basically, you put them in between your toes, and it kind of – Helps your toes stretch out. Helps you use the muscles in your feet better. And uh, Meredith has the same. My sister Meredith has a similar problem, same problem, and she's been wearing them as well. But they've they've been really helping me out a lot. They've helped my mobility out. Uh, my feet don't hurt as bad. Um, you just kind of wear them when you're barefoot at home for like just walk around the house for a while. But if you if you're one of those people that has feet issues, bad feet, tight ankles, that type of stuff, um, you might want to look into them. If you look at your toes and they don't spread out like they're supposed to, then that could be something to, to look into. They're called toe toe spacers. That solves arch problems. Yeah, I mean it doesn't or, solve or it, but them. it helps. Yeah, yeah. it just kind of helps your your feet get um, get stronger, build muscle, and um, suppose you have webbed toes. <laughs> that's a I can't help toes. you there. I think that's virgin a condition called on. SOL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't help you. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna. I'm going to reach out there with a little bit of podcast. Um, I don't know if I've referenced him before, but his last name is is hotly debated. Most people would say Godin, but if you listen to some things, it's Godin, Seth Godin. If you're a person, how does he say it? Um, he never says his last name. He just says he, Seth. Hey, it's Seth. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this at, at my job, at our job this week. Mm-hmm. He just does a great job presenting these ideas that are kind of based in business. Uh, his podcast is Akimbo, A-K-I-M-B-O, Akimbo. Slice. Yes. Um, so you're, even if you're not a business person, he, he poses these ideas that have their root in creating successful businesses as an entrepreneur, but they really translate over into life. They're pretty brief podcasts. It's, it's worth listening to if you're a podcast consumer mm. and you're looking for something that helps you get better without – Sounding like one of those get better podcasts, this is a great way to go. Uh, Seth Godin and Akimbo. 
and he also has great books. So if you like what you're hearing in the podcast and you're a book consumer, you can go out there and buy his books as well. It's a, and he also has a blog, which made it, that's what made him famous in the beginning. Just a lot of content to consume there if you like that sort of thing. Cool. I have one. Pepper Jack. No. But I am doing this because Chris is here. A certain uh, well-known artist, especially the me and Ben, uh, Ben and I, excuse me, Ben and me. Us. Two Ben the and two me. Of us? Yeah, two of us? I don't know. There's the two of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, came out with a new album. It's not his best work ever. Agreed. Is this Kanye? <laughs> also applicable. Uh, definitely not bad. Um, John Mayer. Man. You. You. Chris Allen. I, I'm so just start with this album. Sad our just listeners give, couldn't see that <laughs> that sigh. Pure exasperation. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, if you're not a big fan of you know quintessential John Mayer, you should give this album a shot. It is different. It's very different. Sob mm. rock. Fantastic guitar player. Maybe top ten of all time. Agreed. Um, really flexes it some. Shows that he uh, was alive in the '80s in this album. Mm-hmm. I think I think surely he's born in the eighties. He's forty. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're seventy nine, right? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. remember when old John came along. <laughs> Room for squares. Yeah, the yeah. OG. <laughs> anyway, it's called Sob Rock. Check it out. Pretty good. I got it on vinyl. My wife surprised it. Uh, surprised what? me with it. Wow. So Very Last good. Train Home is that like your your number one on the on the album or? It's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 you always kind of feel a little bit of apprehension picking the first or one of the singles as mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. the best song. I actually know that, um, um, I guess I just feel like it's the best song on the album for me. Yeah, we had heard that before. but Yeah, yeah. but, you yeah. know. Wow, gosh, Chris is already looking it up on his Spotify. Yeah, don't play it. Yeah, yeah easy. Get Let us close down. the episode. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should wrap this up before Hunter flushes. Yes. All right, see ya. smooth sounds.